Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your host, Tom Zappala and Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli. Hello there. Hi. What do you mean, hello there? Uh, to people, it's got to say hello. Why don't you say hello to me first? I just was <laughs> seeing you every day for Pete's. Hello, everyone. Thanks. Welcome to the Great American Thanks Collectible Show. Thanks for joining Show. us. At, uh, all right, my, my, my Paisan Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli, sitting too close to me. Hey. Uh, we're broadcasting from the little home studio in beautiful Florida. We have a great show today. We've got two, I consider them two of the heavyweights when it comes to knowledge in the collectibles world. Wait a minute. <laughs> Al's, Al's a super heavyweight. I'm doing the heavyweights. What is this heavyweight? What is that? Real weight? All right, listen, before we bring them in, our, our headlines. And we're going to talk about this. Top quarterback prospect is latest to sign card autograph deal with Panini. The battle over player trading card contracts is starting to give off some 1950s Bowman versus Topps vibes. Just as the two baseball card makers went head-to-head to grab exclusive deals with big leaguers in the Mantle Maze Aaron days, card companies are squaring off over exclusives. But this time, it's often about college or even high school athletes. The latest domino to fall uh, is a Wednesday announcement from Panini America that it, it, it had signed Ohio State quarterback Julian Sayan to an exclusive a multi-year trading card and autograph deal. After enrolling early at Alabama, the top quarterback in the class of 2024 transferred to Ohio State last week. The deal with Panini is his first NIL partnership. The contract includes autograph trading cards and marketing, according to Panini. Bottom line is this. He's going to make a bundle of money. With that being said, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. Uh, good friend, Rich Miller. And uh, his staff, you can get the rest of the story there. Let's bring in our guest right now. Uh, good, two good friends, uh, JP Cohen from Memory Lane Auctions and Al Christofoli from Love of the Game. Hi, boys. Hey, hey guys, doing? Good to see you. Hey, out of the gate, guys. I mean, I'm going to ask you this too. You signed when you signed out of high school, right? Yeah. You signed a pretty pretty good contract. With the bonus, oh, with the Red Sox, all right. But at the time, there were no playing card, there were no card. What do you mean? There were no, oh, there were no card contracts for high school kids. Oh, kidding me, yeah. right? Yeah, they came up to say, hey, You want your you want your photo on the you know, a baseball card when I signed and I met the <laughs> and uh, I said, Oh, yeah, geez, on a card, yeah, sign here, boom, rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Do they pay you? No, I pay. What'd you get? Nothing. Not even it like was a- the bats. The bats. I got a stereo. Did they give you like a like some type of a, a catalog to pick something out for yourself, and then they give you like a complete set of the cards once they're printed, so you have them? Nope. What was in the catalog? Catalog was all kinds of little things, you know, uh, card jacks. <laughs> 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 you guys no. liked that back then. It wasn't like you were putting it down. Everyone got something, right? Exactly. What'd you get? What'd you wind up getting out of the catalog? Uh, uh, the stereo. You got. St- I didn't get anything from uh, from the card from, from Cyberger. No. What? Cy comes. Hey, Rico. How you? Do you wanna? We want to have you on the card. You know what I mean? You'd love. I said, oh, my my photo on the cards. Wait, what what a, a sucker! Just sign here. Oh God, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, oh, right. God. Anyway, that's the way it was, you know. Right, so, what do you guys think of that? I mean, is there anything wrong with a high school kid, uh, uh, you know, signing an exclusive deal and making Boku dollars? I, I don't know if I. I don't think I have a problem with it. I'll tell you. But are they rolling the dice? Go ahead, guys, you good. I want. I want to hear your answers. JP, you first. Yeah, I, I have no problem with people making money and, you know, they've, they've been successful. They worked hard. I don't care if it's through high school or college or professionally. They're entitled if they have an opportunity to, to reap the benefits of their 
hard work and what they do. Sure. Why not? Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, it, it's some of these kids will never even make the majors. So if this is an opportunity for them to make a little money for the work that they've done, then then great. So these these companies, you know, like Panini and Tops, they must take out insurance policies on these kids, right? It's it's t- this is brutal, brutal. You don't agree with it? Absolutely, no way. Tell me no. why? Why? <clears throat> because the kids they have to earn it. I, uh, one of the general managers, <laughs> I had a few of them, <laughs> said one thing. Talked about salaries of guys. Said you don't make any money in the minor league. Yeah. Said you know what. You got to earn it. You earn getting to the big leagues. That's where you make your money. You know, they may, and at that time they were making millions. And now, of course, it's gone crazy. But, uh, and I agree with that. I played three years in the minor leagues. What kind of make, money did you make? Uh, 1400 1200 a month. Really? Yeah. And, and of course, it was way back. But, yeah, I, I, what they're doing, uh, uh, not it's not. It's it's ethical, I guess, but I think they're going just a little too far with the kids. Yeah, I really do. Uh, well, I'm telling you, I mean, I, I mean, percentage I mean, wise, my- you guys all know this. Percentage wise, um, not a high percentage of kids make it to the pros. Now, I know that these guys are signing the cream of the crop in college, but that doesn't guarantee anything either. I mean, we've seen a guy named uh, you know uh, Mac Jones. You know, I mean, yeah. anybody. There's a lot of guys that get drafted, uh, the Ryan Leafs of the world. And, and, and they're a bust, you know, they're a bust, but anyways, sure. I guess, I guess it's uh, open up a Pandora's box. Yeah. You, maybe, maybe that's my opinion. All okay. right. I want to talk to you guys. And we, Rico and I were talking, uh, on Saturday and by the way, uh, I, I, I want to mention right now the gate. Thanks to guys like Al and guys like JP and all of the sponsors, uh, of the show. We have been inundated with memorabilia. Fabulous. For, Fabulous. I mean, just shocking for the uh, fundraiser we're doing for Little Smiles uh, up up in the next town in Juno, Juno Beach. Uh, 93 cents of every buck is going to go right to the kids. Yeah. And Little Smiles is a great organization for kids that have cancer, kids that are in the hospital, kids that are homeless. Yeah. Fabulous. I can't thank our sponsors enough. And as we get closer, Al's jumped in. He's got a big pot. JP off the charts, what you guys have donated. As we get closer to the event, we're going to give out more information. But we have been inundated, absolutely inundated with uh, great stuff. And this is one item I want to show this. You haven't seen this yet. No, I haven't. Okay. This was was sent to us by our good friend, your good friends, uh, Mike Hefner. And the guys at Leland, you know what this is? I see Carl Yastrzemski on it. This so it must be. This is also? a. How many of these? Did you, this is a 1967 Impossible Dream Genius. team sign ball. Mm-hmm. Now I think it is because I looked at the signatures. Yeah, you, yeah. I'll check. The I mean, signatures. check up. You know, Sal Magley, Bob Gibson. Yeah, uh, all Bus those Gibson, guys. Sparky yeah. Lyle. I think that's 1967. Kaniga's not on there though. Oh. I don't oh, think. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was must out, have been you know. Did you guys sign a lot of those a team signed balls? I mean, do you remember in 67? No, just uh, like I said, we would come in. There'd be a dozen balls there to have everybody signed each home game. Well, and, anyway. And that's it. And they went out. Who knows where they went? I may bid on but this. But this is, yeah. This I may is, bid on this. Petroselli. Petroselli shines. Yeah. Beautifully. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, all right. So listen. We have a great event. Please, uh, if you want to make a donation, obviously you can't fly down a bit on stuff. Uh, again, we'll talk about the auction later on because Al's a, is going to be a big part of this. But if you want to bid, uh, you can go right on to the link that uh, we're supplying. Uh, click on, even if you donate 20 bucks. Oh, that's, that's all we're asking. All right, let's get into it now. Okay. Yeah. I want your thoughts, both of you, first, Al. On the evolution of the modern market over the last couple of years, what have you here seen? Goes. Oh, goes. yeah. We're going right here after. Here it goes. <laughs> Go ahead. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's obviously, um, you know, I think the hobby in general and the current cards in general go through this sort of cyclical thing where the hobby is very popular and then it sort of tails away and then it gets very popular again. Um 
during the pandemic, it got really popular. And, and uh, you know, there were a lot of people involved. And, and uh, you know, I think it's good. Uh, you know, ultimately, I think it's good because it brings kids in. And, and that's this is a kid's hobby in a lot of ways still. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, things are contracting a little bit now, which, which you know, if you've got any history in the hobby, um, you know that that happens. So, okay, I, no, I, and I buy that. Uh, JP, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Al. I, I think that um, it's it's a breath of fresh air what we've seen in the last three years, where there's a new wave of of interest, collectors, younger generations coming into the space and enjoying collecting, even if it's stuff that. A company like mine or Al really doesn't deal in in you know more of the modern stuff, but I do find that, and I'm I'm witnessing that as time goes on and these new hobbyist collectors that get into the space and are buying, they gravitate towards a little more of the vintage. You know, maybe yeah, we'll get into the '70s, which they think is vintage. You know, and it is, but it's not what you know some of us really determine to be vintage. And then hopefully over time, you know. And as they get older, they they explore into other interests of older items, cards, memorabilia. It might be Mickey Mantle or Babe Ruth, and and I'm seeing a little bit of that crossover, um, and which is nice. Um, you know, we do go through cycles, like Al said, and and you know, I think we're in that that time right now for certain things. Uh, the vintage, the real true vintage, rare stuff year after year seems to you know hold pretty strong you know we might see a little dip here and there but uh but nothing significant enough to to be concerned um it's all supply and demand you know the the new modern stuff is it seems to be driven by a few factors um how much stuff's out there and and how popular the player is at the at the given time you know it goes it goes through different cycles so it's very interesting, um, but there is, because of the modern market, there is a lot more interest in the hobby in general, which, which is great. Um, so I just hope that when we do go through these cycles, that that new generation of a collector um, has the mindset that they understand that, you know, not everything just goes up and up and up because I think they, we were all kind of spoiled for the most part, at least the more modern collector during these last few years, during the pandemic and and the growth, Rick, yeah. can you both give me a guesstimate of the percentage of collectors that into into vintage, really into vi into vintage? Just uh, you know, just a guesstimate. I know we don't know exactly because that, you question. guys don't have an association, which I think you should have. But anyway, um, you know, uh, just a guesstimate. It's, a, it's an interesting question. I, you know, from from my standpoint, um, we almost exclusively deal with the vintage, and I think JP is kind of in the same boat. And and so it's hard for me to articulate the other part of the market, the other part of the hobby, because I don't really know. You know, there there's this huge spectrum of people who are involved in that hobby. There are kids who are buying packs because they want their favorite players. Yeah, there are yeah. adults who are buying you know, companies because they want to make money. And, and uh, you know, there, there's all points in between. There's this whole gambling contingent. There's this whole, you know, group Investment. of people who are, who are just investing and trying to buy and flip. And and so yeah, I don't really have a feel mm -hmm. uh, for for how many people are are in that market. And frankly, I don't have a feel for how many people are going to be in that market six months from now. Uh, you know, right now it's it's off from where it was a year ago. Sure. So w which yeah. direction is it going? I don't know. So I don't know what percentage of yeah. the hobby is is. You know, I, I, it almost feels like JP mentioned something before. Uh, when you know before we came on that that it's almost like it's two different hobbies. Yeah, you you'd know. have to you'd have to uh, figure out how many vintage cards each auction has. Yeah, selling right. I mean, you know. Well, so, again, but it's difficult. JP, no, I know, I know. We have about the thirty seconds before Rico's break. What yeah, I mean, think, I, I agree with the. You know, it's it's really hard to gauge that modern market. Um, I think you know the the challenge that uh, you know I think we see is that the vintage collectors seem to be pretty 
you know, in, you know, connected and, and here for the long haul, whereas yeah. uh, Al touched on the kind of the gambling aspect of it. Uh, yeah. A lot of these new collectors really are intrigued or interested in, in the value and, you know, that it holds value or they made money and making good buys or if they're opening a packet in that special one where they made money on that. Mm. Um, so I, I find that I hope they stick around during a, a, a downturn. Um, uh, you know, I, I do feel that the the demographic of a vintage collector, uh, those type of collectors seem to stay around no matter what's going on because they're more attracted to the collecting aspect of it than the value of it. Mm. Whereas the modern collector might be more attracted to uh, making money. And if they're not making money, they're not having fun. And, and you hope that, uh, you know, they still stick around. But, you know, that's yeah. that's All the right. big question. Good, yeah. We're chatting that's with uh, both uh, JP and Al. Right now, though, right now, it is time for my favorite segment, On Deck with Rico. Your favorite word shock is mine. On Deck with Rico Petroselli. <laughs> on, deck with, on Deck with Razor Petroselli. Okay. <laughs> All right, listen, this, uh, this week's question was submitted by Dominic Messina. Nice yeah. Irish boy. Yeah, nice. Dominic, Dominic Messina. This is kind of, I want to hear your answer on this one. Rico, was your father your agent? <laughs> it was very common at the time. If not, how did you sign? Did you have an agent? Yeah, my father, yeah, he was a real agent. He goes, hey, what, do you play baseball? You, you want to be a bum? <laughs> you want to be a bum? No, my era, there was uh, one, Bob Wolf was his name, one agent. He had Earl Wilson in Boston was a pitcher. I remember Bob Wolf. Yeah, Bob. Uh, and he had a really good organization. Eventually, he got, he got into it. Years, uh, when I say got into it, he had Joe Montana. He eventually had uh, all, all the top guys. Was your father in the room, though, when you signed? Oh, when I signed. Yeah, yeah. Was, what did he say when, when, they, when he saw the money? Nothing. <laughs> he didn't say a word? No, he didn't say anything. He said, uh, well... When they came up there, and uh, Mr. And Mrs. York and the owners said, "We want to sign your son uh, Rico to a you know a contract with the Boston Red Sox. We really like him. We want to give him sixty-five thousand dollar bonus." My father says, "What's it that? Sixty-five? <laughs> hey, he's a good boy, my son. Play baseball, yeah. That was it. And he didn't even understand the game, no. right? We had no agent when I we." Most of the guys, I think all, except for maybe, you know, the guy, Bob Wolf had a few guys. We went, we negotiated ourselves, you know, and that they'd be tough. And Boston was great that we, you know, that they took care of the guys. 65 grand in 63 was a hell of a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, and that was good, good bonus. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I mean, there were guys who made 100, 125 uh, bonuses. Yeah. Uh, but, Still, it was good and uh, very happy. But it was uh, no no agents. You go up there, you talk to the general manager. Actually, they send you out a contract, which usually uh, is lower than you know what you were making. So I hit forty home runs one year, and I got a ten thousand dollar dollar bonus. No, you took a cut. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I. I went up there. How do you talk? You took a pay cut? Wait a minute. Give me a chance. <clears throat> so so I went up to Dick O'Connell. I said, Dick, I have 40 home runs. He says, well, you know, we didn't make that much money this year. This <laughs> New York, he was a zillionaire. So anyway, I ended up getting a very good raise. Oh, you did? Yeah. All right. We had chatting with uh, <laughs> both JP and Al. Uh, before we take a break, real quickly, guys, and then we're going to get into it after the break, uh, and after the Gax moment, you mentioned something. I think, um, you guys are going to, you, I know you disagree with me. I think a lot of these young kids, these modern collectors are investing simply not for the love of the game, but just to flip cards and make a few bucks. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think there are some, there are some, why was it the national, uh, and this, uh, and this young man came up to my booth maybe, I don't know, 13 years old, 14 years old. And, uh, and he looked down into the display case and he saw a whole bunch of, uh, 
1923 beacons that we had there and and uh and he was interested in uh learning about negro league players and and uh he asked a lot of questions and he was fascinated by the cards and that gave me kind of hope that you know some percentage of these kids are are gonna you know get interested in the history of the game and they're gonna want to learn and and uh i hope so do that through cards i think jp yeah you know i i i do have my hope i you know i have my reservations too i i kind of feel like uh when you watch because I do watch, even though it's not really part of our business model, uh, some of the things that are happening in the in the hobby on the on the more modern stuff. I see kids that are more attracted to the win, the instant gratification, yeah, and they don't, and, and that's what's driving that market. Um, and I'm 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 not concerned. I'm concerned, I guess, that that they are going to not get that fulfillment anymore, and they're going to take their ball and go somewhere else and, and yeah. not stick around. Um, however, it, you know, there still is an audience for it, even during, you know, uh, an adjustment here. And so I, I am optimistic. I'm hoping that if, you know, not, you know, that there will still be a strong market for the modern and hopefully the people that are collecting that will adjust their mindset to, to be more of a collector and more interested in, in the players, the cards, the history and stick around, you know. All right, good. Um, well, the card show we did this Saturday, we did a card show signing here in the Florida. We got to take a break. Yeah, and uh, no, I'll be I'll be fast. Uh, and there were a bunch of kids there. I mean, they were really looking into it. So too much modern stuff. Ah, All right, so we're going to take a quick break. JP's in the house. Al's in the house. Come back with another, another Gax moment. Then we're really going to get into the. Uh, Particulars about the modern investor and some of these influences. Wow. Not influenza, influences. Influence. Some, of them, some of them are like some of them are like influenza. Hang in there, we'll yeah. be right back. What do you expect? Hi, this is Rico Petroselli. Right now, thousands of children are facing the most difficult times in their lives with serious illness, homelessness, and other tragedies. I hope that you can join us on March 2nd at the County Line Restaurant in Juno Beach, Florida for a live auction and some great baseball talk. If you can't join us, please consider a donation to littlesmilesfl.org. That's littlesmilesfl.org to help these kids. And when you- For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia 
for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back, and just want to tell you something, Rick. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Collections are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show, the Philly Show, from Friday, March 8th to Sunday, March 10th, held at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center Hall, 100 Station Ave, Oaks, Pennsylvania. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer boots on over 100,000 square feet of sports collectibles, having from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 10 and under get in for free. Autographed guests this time around include Super Bowl 52 Philadelphia Eagles Championship Reunion Show, Super Bowl 52 MVP Nick Folds, Super Bowl champion head coach Doug Peterson, Brandon Graham, Jason Peters, Trey Burton, as well as Baseball Hall of Famers Frank Thomas, Robin Yount, and many more. For more information, go to thephillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, The Philly Show is where it all started. Okay, it is time for another Gax Moment. Brought to us each week by our good friend Paul Borges and the great staff at pbcollectibles.com. Go to pbcollectibles.com to get your little favorite piece of memorabilia, your baseball card, a great little card shop. Okay, there's a saying, art is in the eye of the beholder. There's a famous quote that although art is in the eye of the beholder, Everyone will have their own interpretation. I'm not an expert, nor am I even an art aficionado. Over the years, though, I found it intriguing to read about some of the pieces of art that people have paid exorbitant amounts of money for. This first one, Adoration of the Kings by Dutch artist Rembrandt, sold for about $13.8 million last year at a Sotheby's auction. Evidently, It had disappeared for about 70 years, but someone found it. It's a little different take on the birth of Jesus. The second image, uh, of course, uh, it's one of my favorite, Andrew Wyeth. uh, (laughs) It's called Daydream, which sold in 2022 for $23 million. Um, I like this particular print. Uh, I may pick up uh, a copy sometime at Hobby Lobby. This masterpiece that you see now by Pablo Picasso sold for $19 million. Um, Quite frankly, I can't make sense out of it. I can't make heads or tails out of it. 
I could probably paint something, in my opinion, just as well after a couple of martinis. One of my favorites, though, Norman Rockwell painted this gem years ago, Tough Call, or The Three Umpires, as it's sometimes called, appeared on the cover of Saturday Evening Post and now sits in the Hall of Fame. Its value is several, several million dollars. The point here is that people will pay exorbitant prices for artwork if they see something that others do not. Rockwell, Grandma Moses, Andrew Pollock, or Andy Warhol. If you like it, can afford it, and interpret it as beauty, you may buy it. In the collecting world, the same holds true for this image. This little paper gem in today's market would sell for somewhere between $20 and $30 million, according to some experts. That price may even be a little low. It belongs to our good friend, Ken Kendrick, owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks, the famous Honus Wagner card. It's not an oil on canvas. It's not a watercolor. It's not a pencil sketch. It was printed on a machine, but in the hobby world, it's the Mona Lisa. The T206 Wagner belonging to Ken is no different than any of the paintings you just viewed. The art behind it is in the eye of the beholder, but for me personally, it's truly a work of art. A Picasso lover will probably look at it just a little different and look at it as a little piece of paper with the guy's image on it. Just like I would look at some of Picasso's as a free-for-all on a piece of canvas. And that's another Gax moment. Okay, we are back with the boys. And you guys can chat about this. I think the uh, Honus Wagner card, depending on how you look at it, is a piece of art uh, in the hobby. And, you know, there's no reason why you can't compare it with a Rembrandt, a $15 million Rembrandt. What is your estimation, both of you guys, on the value of that card if we're, if it were to ever go on the market again? What do you think that card would go for, JP? Talking about Ken Kendrick's Wagner. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know, you you mentioned uh, that the, the, what drives the value of that card is obviously the scarcity and the history behind it. I mean, even I think one of the first price books from 1930s, you know, almost 100 years ago, had that card at like $35. Okay, when a T206 Cobb was like two pennies or three pennies, you know, in the price book. So it's always had the notoriety, you know, for what it is. And, you know, if you go by the story that he didn't believe in smoking and didn't want his picture on the tobacco card and it carried all the way through to this day and it continues to keep growing and, and, and becoming more and more important as the Mona Lisa or the Picasso of our, of our hobby. Um, and there's only so many to go around and the demand is much higher than the supply. So that all obviously drives the market. But to answer your question, you know, in regards to the PSA 8 that Kendrick owns, it's the best of the best as far as the grade. It's the it, it's amazing in condition compared to most Wagners that exist out there. Uh, most Wagners look like they came out of your wallet um, and they they fetch several millions of dollars. So being that said, um, that card, um, because of the notoriety and the history, you know, one time it was owned by Wayne Gretzky. And, you know, there's a whole history, too. There's like a, a whole story behind that card, the mystique of the story about where it came from, the, the whole background of it. Um, but the big collectors out there, the guys that have the uh, wherewithal to to write a big check like that will pay whatever the seller wants. So I mean, I mean can it go for $20 million? Sure, absolutely. I think it'll go well. It'll go well north of that because it's it's a one of a kind, and it's Crazy. it goes to what you were saying. It's the it's the person that wants to own what someone else doesn't have, or wants the what's considered the best of a of a, of the main card in the hobby. You know, the the, yep. the holy grail of our hobby. So um, we're in a very wealthy. We have a wealthy audience, and there's a lot of ego involved in this. So uh, the pride of ownership, you put that into the fact, the scarcity, uh, the history of, of the Wagner card, 
uh, I don't want to say it's a complete blank check, but basically it is. You know, wow. if if Ken wants to sell it and he has a price that would make him sell it, and he puts it out there, there's people out there that just for the sake of owning it, they'll probably be the first to tell you that they're way overpaying, but they want it. You know, sure. it's not about the money; it's about this is a little. This is kind of what I was saying. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes vintage. sense. Yeah. They Al? want to own. It. They want it. The pride of ownership and the the love of collecting. Yeah, we see it all the time in this business. It's yeah. it's the most famous thing in our hobby, and and so, you know, it's surrounded by legend that goes back forever. There's story after story about that card, and and uh, um, controversy about that card. It's it is, and it's the most beautiful one, regardless of what how it got to be that way. It's the most beautiful one. It's the most rare famous it's everything it's a perfect storm of of cards you know and so i agree with jp i don't think there's a price you can put on that card i i think great card really you is. know you get i think there are more than two people who would pay 20 million north of 20 million for that card and and so it's like a rico cut yeah, yeah, yeah sure right. just That's like right. i turned it down but, you know there's, hey, a diff- there's also excuse me there's also a different possible buyer for a card like that he doesn't have to be a full-blown yeah collector yeah we see it all the time you know someone know you know people come up to me or i'm sure same thing with al and 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 they might not be a collector know nothing about cards but they know about the wagner card yeah you have one of those wagner cards you know and they ask you at your table and we laugh because you know you just don't never you rarely have a wagner card but um, it's it's a household name. That's kind of interesting, part, isn't it? You know, it is. It's so, true. Yeah, and and that's that's the beauty of that that card. So you know, when you see these record art prices, you know, and and you shake your head, you know, it, it, there's no Same difference. Thing. With this what card. about? I'm sorry. Go ahead. You want uh, no? What about? No, no. So I just wanted to say there's a there's a bigger audience to someone that can enjoy owning it. There might be a guy, a Wall Street guy, or some very wealthy yeah. billionaire out there that just wants Good, the pride of having the, the best of the best, you know, the, the one and only. How would you compare that? Or is there a comparison to the best Ruth? Now, Babe Ruth, uh, again, is another the rookie card. Awesome. Sorry. The, Let's yeah. say the, it's a rookie card. Why is the Wagner? Well, you, you mentioned the scarcity, of course, or, you know, but I mean, Ruth is, I mean, you say, talk baseball, uh, Babe Ruth, Greatest player it's ever. The scarcity of the card. It's a scary that card, well, that card has always had the legend that goes with it. You know, obviously Babe Ruth is a bigger name player. There are bigger name players yeah. than Hobbs Wagner, but but uh, you know, it's all about the legend that goes with that card. Since I mean, one of the first things I learned in the hobby in right. the 70s was was that you know, there's this T206 Wagner that's impossible to find. And it's super valuable because of the, the you know, like JP said, the story of the, of the, uh, you know, he didn't want to be associated with tobacco or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, that story has been told and told and told to every young collector. Um, you know, that's, that's the white whale for everyone. You know, everyone wants a Wagner. Plus, it's been on TV. I oh, mean, right? sure. you know, I mean, you, people have heard, wow. You know, went for well, yeah, if you go back minutes. to the 30, 40 years ago when prices of cards didn't get the media to make an announcement or get attention, the Wagner always did. It was always. the one that stood out. So, you know, in the 70s, a Wagner card sold for, you know, $5,000. That was that was a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. and it's continued to this day where now it's all several millions of dollars, no matter what it looks like. Um, but Ruth is Ruth. I mean, even to this day, Ruth is a household name and he does get respect in the collecting space. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cards that Ruth, but it's more Ruth stuff's more driven by the, the true collectors that are driven to have the best and, they do it from a real collecting standpoint. I'm not saying the Wagner's not either, but I'm just saying that it, it, it's a thinner audience hmm. than what the Wagner, I believe, would uh, attract if it was available, which I, I don't believe it'll ever be available. No, I don't either. Uh, yeah. I right, listen. I want to switch gears for a minute because uh, I've been. I, I have a real pet peeve, as I think everybody knows now, with some of these influences influences <laughs> that we see on TV. And on the internet. And there's one in particular that 
I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know in what direction he's going, but I'm going to give you a couple of examples. I want to get your your opinion on on this. All of you guys. Uh, he recommends not investing in second tier uh, vintage players like Eddie Matthews, Early Win, Harmon Killebrew, even in grades five, sixes, or sevens, but rather to invest in guys like Devin Vassell uh on the with the the who plays for the Spurs that red prism De- Devin Vassell card uh any Damian Lillard card he plays for the Blazers uh De'Aaron Fix who plays for the Kings and Shy Gilgis Thunder uh plays for the Thunder Shy Gilgis he's saying that in his opinion as time goes on these cards in mid-grade are going to be way more valuable than the Killebrews, the Carews, the Matthews, the Wins. I want your opinion on that, you guys. Al, you first. Did he just start watching sports? <laughs> I, I mean, who was he? Um, I've got I can't, I'm not going to mention his name. I've got so stacks of Kevin Seitzer rookie cards for that guy. You know, and and uh, Greg Jeffries and Brian Taylor and Todd Van Poppel. I mean, the list is a, a you know a mile long of of uh, heavily hyped prospects. Look, uh, what are we doing? Are we are we collecting, or are we gambling? And and uh, you know, I, I I tend to think that um, look, if I had a if I had a a store filled with that kind of stuff, I'd go on. Uh, on the internet and talk about how that's the stuff you should be buying. That's to. a good point. And JP, that, mm-hmm. good point. Al. You just hit it right on the head. Yeah. What are your thoughts, JP? Yeah, I think he, it's a, it's a slippery slope that he, he, he uh, walks on. I mean, I, I don't, I don't believe, you know, if someone was to ask me, you know, about buying that stuff from an investment standpoint or, or trying to make money, you know, that's like buying a penny stock, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, you can go back 20, 30 years ago and, and pull out some of the best name ball players, basketball, football, whatever it may be, that would be those people that he'd be preaching right now for you to be buying. Okay. And their cards are worthless. I mean, the, you know, the, you go back 30 years ago, you know, the Sean Kemp's and all these different, you know, guys that were just on, you know, you, you know, the best of the best, you would think their cards would be similar to what he's preaching right now. Um, you just have to be careful, you know, what you tell these younger collectors. Uh, I think yeah. it, it, it's very risky. And, um, you know, like Al said, I'm sure there's a motive there and, and his, his job or is to promote what he wants to sell or what, what is hot right now. But um, you also, you know, need to, to, to be careful, you know, what you tell this, this younger uh, generation to, that you, you recommend to buy. It's like, it, it, there's, it, if these guys do something wrong, they get hurt. All of a sudden that $10,000 card is worthless. All bets yeah. are off. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about your auctions, obviously, but I also want to talk about another influencer who gave a couple of examples of the way he would go in purchasing cards. I want to get your opinions. JP's in the house. Al's in the house. Rico's sitting right next to me. I'm in the house. Too close. You're too close. Wow, you keep (laughs) touching me here. Jeez. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction, specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalier and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International. 
traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetroselliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petroselli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. Yeah, go to... Got a Petroselli marketing where he kid wants to take care of his father when he gets older. Jeez, oh, and uh, you know, <laughs> oh my god, his father's on uh, you know, uh, hey, you got you got a breadline. So listen, he has customers nationwide. They get tremendous uh, 
embroidery and uh, swag, screening and coats, great people, hats, and, uh, yeah, mugs, ja- oh, beautiful jackets, products, beautiful thousands. jackets. Hey, Mike, if you're listening, uh, ask your dad. Maybe he can give me a freaking pen or something right. that hey, I look, can use. Right there. I don't have one. Well, you want it? No. Oh, see? No. All right. Anyway, uh, listen. We're chatting with. He's JP a good boy. Cohen. He's a good boy. Which <laughs> we're chatting with JP and Al. I want to ask you guys this. So, there's another influencer that has a tremendous following, unbelievable following. I want to get your your thoughts on this. He he had a couple of picks: a mantle six versus a messy ten. Who do you go with, Al? What, what are we? What are we doing? Are we? Uh, what's uh, going to have the most? What's going to have the most value? A man, I'm going to tell you what he picked: a, a mantle PSA six versus a Lionel Messi PSA ten. Who are you going to go think, with? I think Messi is a little different in that you know the greatness is there already. It's not as speculative as as uh, as some of these other guys. But I still go with the mantle because I know baseball, and and Mickey Mantle is one of the one of the top names in baseball, and and so that's where I you know. Where I go. I, I agree hobby, with you. His hobby is baseball driven, whether you want it to be or not. Yeah. So there's that too. JP? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, you know, what Al said is, you know, he, he obviously is established, even though he's still playing. He's, he's, uh, no question, the greatest. Um, you know, Mantle Six is a great high grade card. And, you know, it's, it's, it's more, you know, um, it's more in, in line with what we do here. You know, we're more of in the vintage, so I'm going to probably gravitate towards doing what I know, stay in my lane. Um, I just want to add that, you know, the messy, the soccer market seems to be exploding. It is. Um, mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's because there's such a bigger audience than most other sports because it's such a worldwide uh, recognized sport. Uh, it'll be interesting to to have this conversation 10 years from now and see, you know, so I don't really, I really am not negative about, you know, buying a, a messy card. Um, I guess I would try to find one of his cards that's graded 10, that there's not 700 of them graded 10s. I try to find <laughs> something unique and special. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I always will grab for the, uh, the vintage. That's just, uh, it's proven. Year after year after year, I've been doing this 25 years, and and uh, 50, you know, Mantle Six is uh, you know a few hundred thousand dollars now. Where you know when I started in this business, uh, it was 10 grand, you know, or or five grand. So um, the growth and the demand for that card is continually growing and growing and growing, and I have no reason to believe it'll still stop. Uh, the messy, you know, I guess the jury's still out, but, uh, you know, I could think of uh, worse, worse cards in the modern market to, to buy. So, you know, if you had to buy a modern card, I, I, I'd probably put him on the list. Why not? I think that's a, I, I kind of agree with that. The messy card is a good card. He also mentioned a, uh, he would take, which I don't agree with this one either. Uh, a mantle six PSA six versus, I don't know, maybe it's close. Uh, uh, an MJ PSA 10 FLIR. 86 Fleer. What do you guys think? Well, you know, I'll, I'll answer that. I mean, we've all seen it. We've witnessed it. You know, the Jordan during the last few years, as crazy as it might sound, went for 700 grand. There's 400 copies plus of that card graded. I'm sure but hasn't it fallen, though? Fallen like yeah. a rock? Recently? Well, that's my point is there's 400 of them. You know, and, and there's a lot of competition out there. You know, the only way that a Jordan will continue to uh, grow is as long as the hobby grows. And there's a demand to, to buy Jordan cards. I think the most recent one was $300,000. I mean, to me, that's that's a lot of money for a card that there's 400 other examples out there. And yes, there's yeah. still a lot of unopened. Yeah, I can't wrap my arms around that. those cards. So I'm sure that 400, 10 years from now will be 800. So it's all supply and demand, just like anything else. Um, Jordan's the greatest. And if you want to buy a Jordan, then, you know, I would definitely uh, think that's the card to buy. But but you also have to be aware that, uh, 
you know, the, that you have a lot of competition when it's coming time to sell. So unless the hobby grows, which we all hope for, then um, you might be have a, have a challenge there, you know, but I, I still, again, go vintage, you know, for me. Yeah. yeah uh, JP, did that card recently go for 300,000? It, it did. I saw, I don't know what Five auction months. it was. It, yeah. it wasn't mine, but uh, uh, there was a recent auction that uh, definitely uh, I saw the bid uh, around 300 grand. So because uh, I saw um, it drop to but, the hundreds. You yeah, know, I, that's been of late. It's been falling yeah. in that 170, 200 range, but yeah. I don't know what was with that one that I saw yeah. go for 300, but it fluctuates so much where, yeah. you know, I feel pretty confident to, that, and I'm sure Al can back me up on this, is that 56 mantle and a six, pretty consistent. In, I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that card's ever lost any steam. No. You know, it just has. It. But these influencers, they're not going to affect the market, you guys, in other words. Not right? the vintage market. I not don't the think vintage. so. I no. don't think so. But, I mean, you know, it's it it does get frustrating to, to, to hear that kind of stuff because – I, I, you know, I mean, it's not just the 52 mantle, you know, it, 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 the vintage hobby is filled. I mean, you look at JP's last auction. He had, a, you know, whatever it was, 100 and, 100 and however many lots. Every one of them killed. There were all of these, there, there were all of these crazy Babe Ruth cards that you never see going for insane amounts of money because they're hard to right. find. You yeah. know, this yeah. is not like... These are cards that are there's only you know ten known copies because the company only made ten copies. This is yeah. there's ten known copies because that's what survived. And and uh, you know to me you know that's uh, that's actual rarity. You yeah. know I mean just look at JP's last auction. Uh, you know lot after lot after lot of amazing vintage cards. It's not just a fifty two Mantle versus a you know a Jordan which, right, which right. stands on its own. As as like the shining example of a of a modern card, and even that one has taken a serious hit over the past couple of years. Whereas the vintage market just continues to to grow. And and again, we're talking about money here in a in a kids hobby that that uh, you know was not designed to be about money. Where we you know we're we're. You know, now we're we're. I mean, it is obviously right, but but it's the love, uh, the love of the yeah, yeah the, 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 the love, love of the game. game. Yeah, the there's the game. a. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole dimension yeah. of of our hobby that seems to be neglected today. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, like looking at the back of the card and learning about the player part, which which is you know kind of how we all grew up, right? Yeah, so, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know. Hey, we okay, we got about two minutes left. Uh, quickly, JP, you just finished an auction, correct? We just finished a, a small auction. It was small, but in, in large in numbers, we it was 120 lots. We averaged forty two thousand dollars a lot, which was amazing. Uh, I don't think crazy. anybody's ever seen that. Which we're very <laughs> fortunate, very blessed that we had this amazing collection. And our next auction will be uh, in April, taking consignments. So pretty excited about that. Awesome, Al. Uh, we've got a uh, we've got one coming up in March, and we're drowning in stuff. It's it's going to be a big one uh, size wise for us. It's it's uh, all kinds of stuff you never see. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, uh, yeah, if you got too much, you know, send some my way. Yeah. You know I mean? Send all the Rico stuff your way. <laughs> hey, listen, real quickly, uh, I want uh, JP to know this because every all of our our suppliers are going to know this. Everybody's donated a lot of. Uh, 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 Phenomenal stuff for the uh, for the auction. What we're going to do is, Al, because of Al, we are going to not have to start the bidding at zero. We're going to have fair bids at the live auction here in in Florida for the kids and for the kids. And if we don't meet our bid opening numbers, Al has been gracious enough to we're going to send him all the material, and in his spring auction. He's going to auction everything off, and both the sellers and the buyers fee. He's it's going to go right to Little Smiles, yeah. but he's also going to acknowledge all of our. I mean, it's, he's going to be thanking uh, uh, JP on his auction site. Wow. Uh, everybody that's contributed that's is going nice. to get acknowledgments uh, on on the auction, and then Al's going to. Uh, 
this Al, just fantastic. You're really, yeah. you're we'll really donate. kind of bailing us out, to be honest with you. you we'll, we're happy to donate our buyer's premium to the cause as well. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing that you guys are doing. And, and again, you guys have been absolutely amazing. All of our sponsors and locals down here. We, Rico made out like a bandit real quickly. Go- golf for four at four of the most prestigious golf courses with Rico. You have been on that. A fishing expedition, half a day fishing. I don't get anything. They want to throw me in. That's wait, wait, that, you have to, you bid on that to do it with you? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. not going to go over too good. No, that's right. They'll go, who's he? So you win a date with Rico? Is that what we're saying? Golfing for no, four. Golf, golf. Golfing for four. Rico's one of the four. With that being said, guys, thank you so much. Thanks you know what you mean yeah. to us. Thanks, Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Take care, to guys. Our view, to our viewers Take and listeners. Care. The numbers have been off the charts. We're kind of scratching our heads, to be honest. Last week, just on Facebook, 30,000 views. Nice. Crazy, crazy numbers. Congratulations. That's great. With, you guys with that being it. said, guys, happy collecting. Take care. Be good. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.